This is a Rooster Teeth production. In the quiet town of Gurdon, Arkansas, resides an eerie phenomenon. A small light has been seen lingering above the railroad since the early 1900s. And simple as it may seem, this supernatural activity has drawn people from all over the country who want to study it. Today, we're going to explore the true crime history behind the Gurdon Light. This is Red Web. Happy Monday morning, listeners, task force everywhere. Welcome back to Red Web, the show where we discuss all sorts of things unsolved, whether it be mysteries, true crime, cryptids, yes, conspiracies, of course. Today, it's about the supernatural. I'm your host, Trevor Collins, and with me, bringing his gut instinct and lots of questions, reacting for the first time, Alfredo Diaz. I got a question. Go ahead. How could you? And? No. <laughs> uh, is this? Okay. This is... First of all, how dare you? How dare uh, you? Second of all, <laughs> second what of gives all, you the right? Why? Yeah. Uh, you're saying supernatural, but yes. then you also threw in like like a true crime. So, Ooh, yeah. This so one's a Is this like a half and half? Yeah. So... On the surface, it feels like a really shallow, just ghost story. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely a phenomenon that's been around for a while, as I mentioned, but it has a really interesting kind of true crime-esque backstory uh, that a lot of people subscribe to it being the origin of this phenomenon because they oh. coincide so strongly. It's not an unsolved true crime. It right, is, we right. know what went down, and but I'm going to walk you through it. And it's, it's, I'm very excited it's to just, talk about it, this one. It, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not this, but it puts me in the headspace of like, uh, like a serial, a serial killer ghost, Ooh. which sounds nuts. That does sound gnarly. That's, that sounds really That's gnarly. some Stranger Things stuff. Ooh, that new season. Um, the Vecna. That, you seen it yet? Dude, no, but the CG looks amazing. Oh, Granted, yeah. it definitely should because it spent 30 million an episode. But what? Yeah, 30 million episodes. That all went to uh, Finn Wolfhard. He's expensive. <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> and Winona Ryder. Go, you know, the two uh, of them ate up the whole budget. Yeah. Yeah, I can see Winona's budget going up. <laughs> She's worth yeah. it. Um, yeah, so 19... 19- what, Jillian? She's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She is. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Um, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. So, Trevor's looking around, just in case. Just in case. Excited. So This is in the 1900s. Yes. There's lights. People have been studying it. It's it's interesting. It's drawn a lot of attention, surprisingly, it's for how int- simple it is. Right. Yeah. It's interesting in the sense of like this is something that's been around for a while, and it seems like at least initially, it's not the most difficult thing to get your eyes on. Right. Which seems is, pretty common. Which is a little weird. It like seems- there's this weird light. Anyways, you want to go see it? Like well, that's exactly what I want to ask you. I feel like this is so close. Being in Arkansas, up I thirty, you know, just kick it. Go find some ghosts on this railroad track. I feel like that's totally doable. Tangible evidence. Right. Get your eyeballs all over it. I'll right, stay back right. in the RV, make sure I hold down the fort. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, you can just go ahead and give me a time and a date and I'll meet you there. Oh, going to meet you there. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I'm excited about that. But let's talk about this now. Let's dive in. So this happened, like I said, in Gurdon, Arkansas. Interestingly enough, a little factoid, when I moved here to Austin, Texas, I, I came from Indiana and I drove right by Little Rock. Cute little city. Literally, it is quite little. Um, but I was driving around it, and I you have to, on that ride, come straight past Gurdon. And I'm like, oh. man, I wish I knew that at the Would time. Would you have stopped? Absolutely. Hell yeah. Because I spent the night in Little Rock because I made it a two-day oh, trip. It was like well, a 16-hour. Yeah, as, as you should. Right. So, I mean, 
if I knew this, I would I would have pushed it. Arrived in Gurdon, slept at a hotel there, but right. maybe kicked it by the railroad tracks. I really would have. But yeah, this went down in Gurdon, Arkansas, and locals have reportedly, I should say even repeatedly, witnessed this strange light in the forest just outside of town. Like again, this is quite common, not a rare occurrence for a lot of people. It's a small town. Uh, I just kind of want to build on this here. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a small town just outside of Little Rock to the southwest. It only has about 1,800 people as of the 2020 census just a few years ago. That's so tiny. Yeah. I feel like you'd know most people. It's one of those towns where I feel like everyone knows each other. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Different than, the, you know, these right. big city live lives nice that we got. nice about that, having grown up in a big city. Mm-hmm. So the Gurdon light has been described as a crisp, clear light that you can see moving around, resembling actually a lantern. A lot of people have described it as such. You know, when it comes to these phenomena, a lot of people describe them as blurry, kind of hidden, obscured through trees. This tends to have a very similar description every time. And it being so crisp is very interesting as well because it's out in the open, it's up in the air. There isn't a lot of... Do we know how high? That's a good question. Jillian, do you know how, how high this is? tends to show up or like is it very A couple feet off the ground. A couple feet? Oh, okay. man. Like, I'm taller than this Based thing. on the pictures. Yeah, you could front up on this okay, thing. Okay, yeah, I'm about to impose yeah. myself on it. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Don't hurt me. So, yeah. It blinks. It's usually seen for just about 10 seconds, give or take, anytime it's seen. But oftentimes, it might disappear in front of your very eyes only for you to turn around and for it to be right there. That's crazy. Yeah. It just seems like... How... I say this a lot, but this seems like one of those things. How do we not have it, I don't know, contained? And then a, like the world's greatest minds looking at this damn thing. Yeah, yeah you know, like hovering. It, it does seem like, you know, you would have some people out there. But I mean, like I said, it draws people from all over who want to study the supernatural because it seems like such a repeatable instance that why not? This is a hot spot. Uh, the fact that, like, I'm looking at this, and yeah. it's like the railroad, uh, the top one is nighttime, and then mm -hmm. the bottom is, like, I guess the sun's Late set, evening, maybe. Uh, set pretty low. I think the weird thing is the fact that it's such a perfect, the light is such a perfect circle. Yes. It's not like it's blunt, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's horizontal, like a lens flare, oh, or blending yeah, yeah, yeah. in any way, shape, or form. It's Good like call. a perfect circle. Yeah. I mean, there are, you it, know, it you could have an orb, but it's like a right. bright orb. It's not like a speck of dust. No, not at all. Bug. Like, it is clear and present danger. Right. And you can Good see one. where the focus um, is on the railroad tracks beneath it. So I would say if it was a firefly or something. Uh, it feels like I'd be able to kind of, like, circle around it, walk around it. That'd be interesting. Which, uh, this is... Does that freak you out? It does. <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. I, I was like saying, <laughs> not a lot of ghost stories that you can like, right? Just go and look at and kind of just be like, look at this. Mm -hmm. How is this? How how are we not freaking out? How's the world not like? People might not know. I honestly didn't know until Jillian I, and, true, and Gracie did know. the research. But how are people not like? This is the, this is the kind of stuff that I'm sitting here and like to feel like we. How's no one taking this seriously? I don't, maybe uh, listen. <laughs> that's where maybe they are. Maybe right you're now. just not in that that's, circle. If if it's something that's like that appears so many times and then it kind of like appears, reappears, disappears, and I'm sure the people who are studying it are, I don't know. I, I mean, task force wise, we would just put on our task force gloves and then just wave around it to see if there's any strings. Our gloves, our gloves have uh, the little lights on it too, so we yeah. can blend in with the ghosts. But also, make it feel safe. If a rave shows up out there in the woods, we <laughs> can ready. we can blend in. 
But yeah, I mean, there's a lot. So this is pretty well studied. There's a lot of theories. I know in the last couple of episodes we've had, they haven't been very theory heavy. This one is certainly right. much more theory. heavy. I'd, I'd like to know, because I'm assuming there's going to be a, a heavily uh, scientific theory. Yeah. A super heavy one. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd like to know like what science has to say about this. Absolutely. I mean, Those the fact that muscles. I feel like we could literally drive up, not that we will, but literally like drive up and go shoot the thing. And with a camera. Yeah. <laughs> like we're going to yeah. start popping it with, <laughs> with bullets. Uh, <laughs> what are you? Bah, 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 bah. Um, I don't. This is baffling me. Let's get some more details in and see how you feel now. <laughs> okay. So the light tends to loom near the trees, but typically it sticks to the railroad line. Uh, this railroad runs just off of I-30 in obviously the Arkansas area. The Gurdon light has been reported to be white, blue, green, and sometimes orange. So it does change periodically, right. which does... It's, as, got, it's got RGB. It's got RGB. It's <laughs> modernized, you know. But also, it, ten, it tends to change then. Um, in my mind, if it was a consistent light, it could hone you in on certain theories. But it, the fact that it changes might offer a wrinkle for a consistent theory to take place. If it's blue and then sometimes green and then sometimes white, could offer different sources if it wasn't a ghost. That, that to me, is just like, I'm even more ready to hear what the scientific theory is behind this. Yeah. Because not only is it such a clear light in such a perfect circle it's, as it appears in this photo, but the fact that it changed colors. Like, what in nature, what natural phenomenon is happening to make this Ooh, we'll happen? We'll get there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, a lot of people that have seen this have described it as swaying back and forth. Remember earlier we talked about it perhaps being a lantern? Maybe this is some sort of residual energy from the early 1900s. Maybe this is you know, a lot of people theorize that when you see a ghost, it is just different timelines intersecting and creating so cool. an overlap, which I love all sorts of theories like that. But either way, the light floats around in the woods surrounding the tracks and can be seen during the day as well as and most prominently during the night when it's able to be seen from further away. It's not visible from the highway. So if you happen to be busting through the area like I was, you're probably not going to see it. So those who intend to look for the light have to pull off into this quiet little town and then maybe hike a couple of miles into the woods to go find it. Oh, hell no. Yeah, so get your uh, deep forest spray on, your DEET. Yeah, those mosquitoes look, out of, you man, know. mosquitoes tear me up. Yeah, well, that's why we need to go together, you know, so that <laughs> so way you're protected. I'll take the haunt and you take the mosquitoes. <laughs> it's funny because I'll be like spraying myself with DEET and I just I'll look over <laughs> at you and go, I can't help but notice that you're not putting any DEET on. Yeah, no, well, I'm like, conserving it for yeah, you. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, got, I got bitter blood, right. you know. But just the last point of kind of detail here, because there's not a whole lot to go off right. of. Some of the locals have reported that they would stare at it and it would disappear eventually. Only for them, like I said, to turn around for it to reappear, much like a horror film. When you see something, you blink and then suddenly it's gone in that blink and you're like, oh, I don't know what that was, but I guess I'll go about my day. And then they mm -hmm. turn around and walk and boom, it's right behind them. One that's terrifying oh, yeah. on the opposite end of the spectrum. It just makes me think like if you stared into like a light for a long time, you, you just close your eyes or, or just looked away. You can mm -hmm. still see like a little like burn in little on your eye on your eyes, yeah. uh, you know, for lack of better. I don't know what the tr proper term is for that, but it just reminds me of that. You're just yeah. like, huh. And it's just the, wherever you look because it's burnt in a little bit. Oh yeah. Back when flash cameras were like the thing when digital yeah. was new everyone had their flash on always bling 
oh, I can't see anything. See the red eyes too. Now, now phones have good low light. You can get some good photos without blinding your kids. But I, I'll, I'll be honest. In my mind, if I was to study this thing, I'd try to wave my hand all around it to see if there's any strings or whatnot. Mm -hmm. I try to catch it with a net. You try to catch it with a net. I was thinking maybe you come at it with a fly swatter. See if it's like what. If you go through it, maybe piss it off. <laughs> I don't know. You're trying to catch the thing. Yeah, I feel like we would insult it if we. You know, hooked it with a net as opposed to just smacking the, shit the hell out you know, of it. That's, that's kind of fair. Now, let's move away from the idea of it, it being an entity and let's let's give it some history. Let's give it a backstory because I want to look into the history, a very strong history that coincides very nicely with the arrival of this light, which is why a lot of people subscribe to this as being the same origin, essentially, story for this thing. So, Gurdon was once a railroad town for lumber and ore transportation, very popular in the early 1900s and late 1800s, in fact. The tracks are on the Missouri Pacific Railroad, which stretched as far as St. Louis, Missouri, all the way down to El Paso, Texas, back in 1891. Now, this light was first documented in the 1930s, shortly after a Missouri Pacific Railroad attendant was murdered. So let's talk about that. On December 10th of 1931, William McLean, the railroad foreman, fired another employee, Louis McBride. Don't get him mixed up. Oh. McLean is the foreman McLean and, and McBride. McBride was the one who was fired. Okay. Some sources say that McBride was fired after McLean suspected him of sabotaging a section of the railroad, causing a freight train with 14 cars attached to it, all to derail, oh just God. southwest of the small town of Gurdon. Some people believe even further still that if he was responsible for this, that he might have actually been intending to derail a passenger train known as the Sunshine Special that normally traveled through this area at about 70 miles an hour, which would have been catastrophic yeah, for every this passenger. This is giving me unbreakable vibes. Ooh. Yeah. Now, others still say that McBride was asking for more hours and McLean would not give them to him. McLean's wife contacted the city marshal to let them know her husband did not come home from work and neither her nor anyone in the community could find him. So, of course, the marshal got to work and began looking for McLean and went to the railroad that he worked at in order to try and find him. Obviously, that's the first place one would go. The marshal subsequently encountered McBride and thought that he was acting suspiciously, so he brought him into the jail in order to question him about, you know, maybe the whereabouts. Mm -hmm. Well, let's just jump to it, because McBride killed McLean on the railroad tracks as a result of their disagreement regarding his employment. And McBride, we know this because he quickly admitted this information to the marshal and oh. offered to lead him all the way to the body. I, I w I'm assuming just out of like guilt. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Maybe maybe he was overcome with anger and struck in a way yeah. that like, and then, oh, I did not expect it yep. to go this way. And had the, oh my God, oh no, what did I do? Right. Because... Yeah, I mean, you kind of just laid it all out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, he spelled easy. it out. That's probably an easy day for the officer. I'm right. gonna solve this murder. Oh, okay. I'm Take. gonna go to the railroad, see what I can see. Oh, okay, that's I what happened. Found the killer and then mm -hmm. confessed. Yeah. So McBride, after admitting it, took him to the railroad once again, and it, where they found a trail of blood almost a quarter of a mile long, and it stretched from the railroad tracks deep into the woods, where they subsequently found McLean's body. Ooh. An examination of McLean's body showed that he died from four severe blows to the head and a bloody spike maul, a tool that was used to drive railroad spikes into the ground, and a shovel were all found nearby this body, showing obviously what the murder weapon probably was and that this was likely 
just something that he had in his hand and yep. lashed out in anger in the moment and uh it would be a lot of anger to go that hard but um but yeah but, but he's i mean i guess he was like accused right of derailing the railroad mcbride was the employee right yeah so coming back to that because that's a that's an interesting thought so some people are theorizing that mcbride was fired after mclean su suspected mcbride so Basically, this puts McBride in a very terrible position. Yeah. Not only did he kill somebody, but it seems that the motivation behind firing him, theoretically, could have been that McBride sabotaged the railroad. So it could have been that, or it could have been a scuffle between needing more hours and not getting them. But either way... But there was a like a train accident. There definitely was a train accident. Oh, Some man. people are attributing that to McBride. Right. We don't know that for a fact. All we know is, is that, that there was a fight the, that resulted right. in his and that there device. was the train accident. Yes. So the rest is theoretical. Right. Not the sure. The theory is that he might have done it. And then even deeper still, some theorize that maybe he intended it to be a passenger train, which is even more sinister. Yeah. So the marshal determined that McLean did not die right away, actually. And perhaps this is why there was such a long trail of blood. Oh, God. He had tried to crawl out of the woods in order to seek help. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, like, if you're going to make it quick. Sad ending. Holy truly. hell. So McBride ultimately was given the death penalty and was subsequently executed. Subsequently being my word of the day, apparently. He was executed on July 8th of 1932. Soon after, Gurdon residents began reporting a strange light over the tracks that continues to this day. So... There you have it. You know, whether you believe or don't, it is very interesting timing that you have this story in this area that coincides with the arrival of this light that has right. yet to be fully diagnosed outside of obviously some of the theories that we will discuss. I mean, it lines up nicely for it to match, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, railroad tracks, for the most part, are usually a good stretch. Right. And you can um, usually see way down them into the horizon. Right. It gives you a good vantage point. You're not going to look you're not going to be looking down at your feet and see a railroad look up 15 feet and see the end of it. <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> you know, like, they, used to think they stretch miles and sometimes across like uh, states, etc. So it's a big coincidence that this person died in this area and now there's this spectral light. Yeah. What's interesting to me, too, though, is that this is not an uncommon situation or location for this type of phenomenon to happen like typically it happens on railroads in swampy areas and in cemeteries that you have these disembodied lights that some I, usually people see them obscured through trees and they end up being in the distance and so, so that that will lend credence to a lot of the other theories this one's so interesting to me though because it has this history attached to that very location uh i mean the the proved fact that yeah. the body was found in this area also, the fact that, like, this has been known for a very long time, and it's, I guess, yeah, yeah. I mean, the way I was thinking about it, and now I actually know how to, like, piece it together in my mind, it's almost like a tourist attraction. It kind of is. <laughs> yeah, like, truly. Come check out this ghostly light. Absolutely. And it's just like, what? How can you just go and do it and consistently see this thing? It's, it's pretty crazy. All right. Now, before we get into the theories, get your brain juices flowing, figure mm -hmm. out what your theories are, um, you know, get all those scientific theories and hypotheses out there. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, let's talk about some of the sightings going all the way back. So not long after McLean's death, a train conductor first reported seeing this light. This is the very first sighting that was ever reported of the Gurdon light. He said that he saw the light and went to the back platform to get a better look at it. 
it appeared to be following the train, which is not a slow object, by the way. Yeah, it what was, the hell? Yeah, it was following the train at a very high speed before suddenly darting into the cemetery. Interestingly enough. Now I have a question, Jillian. Is this cemetery random or was this the cemetery that perhaps McLean was buried in? Is that possible to find out? I, I don't know. I don't know. Let's look at a map. You dig into that. We're going we're gonna to talk about some more sightings, but go ahead, Frey. Because if that's where he was buried... I'm, uh, to me, if he, if this light darted into the cemetery, mm-hmm. then if he's there, it's him. If he's not buried there, I don't think it's him then. Yeah, maybe like, it's why like, would he dart into a random cemetery? Yeah, maybe he's goofing off. Maybe he's like, he's is like, it a sign? Like, are you pointing? Like, hey, hey, I'm here now. Right. Follow me, like wh- the little fairy from Zelda, Legend of Zelda. Oh, hey, yeah, look, yeah. listen. What is that fairy's name? I don't remember. Plays Zelda like that. But I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Huh? Navi. Navi. I was gonna say Navi, but then I thought it was like an avatar name. Yeah, but you I, like the Navi. I said yeah. Navi, and then I went, "No, it's the esports team. It's both." <laughs> I can't find like an official cemetery off the railroad tracks. I mean, there are there is like a church nearby. Yeah, so I, maybe. I didn't think. You know, I. Man, it's just it, a story. If there was an easy way to figure out where McLean was buried, uh, that would be awesome to confirm that. But. Yeah, the documentation for that sort of thing. I, I'm not surprised. Yeah. It, it would be hard to tell. Ago. It's hard to like piecemeal all this, you know, like every little detail together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then a lot of times, the longer it gets, the more hearsay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that's the first sighting. And that's, again, right after McLean's death. Now, building on that, a former UA Little Rock student, Marcus Lowe, was very familiar with the story of the Gurdon Light as it's been passed down through the generations pretty much like local folklore and storytelling. He actually created a documentary where he went out looking for the light in the woods nearby the tracks. He was sitting near the tracks when he saw the light and began taking pictures and videos of it. In fact, I have a, a video clip. You can you can search this on YouTube if you want, Task Force. It's titled, The Gurdon Light, Arkansas's Greatest Paranormal Story. We're gonna do some editing magic, but I'm gonna show Fredo this clip, let him react to it. It looks like a white flare on the ground. Yeah. Like right, it's like right on the railroad track. It's yeah. not even like hovering at that uh, with that video. It looks like it just sat on the ground. Yeah. Is it flickering? Or I didn't watch it. It was, you, it was a photo. It just looked Got like it. a bummer. Like a bright. God, white I really want to see it in action because it because that can tell you so much. Right. The like, profile again, of the light. Mm. It's almost like a tourist attraction. Yeah. Hey, go check it out. Yep. Wow, look at this thing. You can't explain it. Neither can we. All right, bye. <laughs> right? How do you, what? How do you get so how? close to something amazing and then just right. move on? How is the like, uh. government not close this off? And well, then, then, of... you, then you validate something, right? Then if True. the government steps in and goes, hey, don't go here anymore, people are going to flock. True. It's almost like it needs to be an open secret, like Area 51. Because right. they're like, why would they allow it to be on Google Maps if it had aliens? That's the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. They're playing mind games, messing yeah. with your mind. So he shares his belief that the events that we talked about, the historical events, are in fact correlated to this phenomenon. That the location of the light and the location of the incident all correspond to one another and that they are attached, in fact, one and the same. Another person, a tech services librarian named Adam Webb, told a news source, quote, I've seen the Gurdon light before and I consider myself quite the skeptic. I do not normally believe in those sorts of things, but I definitely saw something. I do believe something is there." End quote. And the last story I want to give is from Mike Klingen, a physicist and actually a Gurdon native. He conducted many elaborate scientific tests, so he might be rippling with muscles. 
on this very light in order to test for things like polarization and also examine its electric currents. Basically, really do what we're hoping right. for is analyze this light and its Science signature. stuff. He wasn't able to find any answers that explicitly defined the nature of this light. What? So it really only garners more questions. But ultimately, as you kind of indicated, it is a tourist attraction. Hundreds of people make their way to Gurdon every single year in order to see this light. And almost every visitor that comes to this area claims to have seen this light in one way or another. It's reported as being very active, but no one has been able to identify exactly what is causing it to this very day. Interesting. Why are, why are people not alarmed? I don't get this. I mean, it's not hurting anyone. It's hey. just a light. But we can't. But that's how every exorcism it. movie that's starts. They say, "I'm, I'm just your best friend," and you go, right. "Oh, that's my friend." I'm like, "I'm gonna eat your this soul." This is what they call the dormant stage in a monster mm -hmm. movie. Mm -hmm. I'm pointing at Fredo uh, energetically. <laughs> it's been dormant for a little while. Right. Don't tell me and that. Like a hundred years. And it's been dormant for a hundred years. Yeah. This they killed the guy in 1930. Light shows up. Yeah. Today's 2022. Yeah. Well, that's not dormant. He seems to be an active light. Right. The Apparently, light, it's the, racing a train for the hell of it. The oh, oh. You see what you see? What's happening here oh. is um, they're waiting for the generations to soften to the story, <laughs> and and so then you know whatever comes after Gen Z, right? You know, Gen Alpha comes through, and they're just like la di da, la di da, still sucking on ring pops and all the other good accoutrement like <laughs> bubble tape. But then you know playing on Tamagotchi, right. and then boom, right. light. But then it goes floats down into their mouth, what glowing the in their chest. What? Like, it's like the reverse Pennywise with the lights. And then suddenly they lift up into the air what? and they drop back down. And they're like, it's time. And then they... It's, uh, it's morphing then time. They, no. <laughs> it's morbid it's time? It's morbid time. <laughs> and then they take over the country. You know, maybe this is a slow That's roll. That's how it starts, Jillian. And you know what? We could have stopped it. And we will. We can right now. We right can. Now. Stop going to Gurdon. <laughs> I have something to say. I'm watching the documentary. Okay. He walks past a very old cemetery. So that's the cemetery that it might have darted to. I just, I'm, I'm begging to know. We need to go, Fredo. We need to answer our own questions because right, right, history right, right, is right. failing us. It always does. We need to get eyes on sight, mm -hmm. right, Jillian? We need to get there, boots on the ground. You and I will stay in the RV. Fredo's going to go to the cemetery, <laughs> right. scrape no, his done. eyes over all the tombstones, well, find the name McBride. Well, what I'm going to do is have McLean. waves. I'm going to stand off to the side and have waves of tasks. Force members. Oh, you're gonna treat this like a uh, like horde mode. Yeah, where like we sent waves wave, of, of innocence. Wave. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, they're just gonna go study. What are you talking about? You said it was safe. I'm just, you know, hey, working up the chain. Fair enough. You know what? It's safe. I will go. You know what? Sign send, this very thick waiver. <laughs> don't we, don't yeah, read it. We sent Christian. <gasps> there we go. He's not here to deny it. No, he's not. Right. I think he just accepted it. That's what he did. He accepted it with his silence. Thanks, Christian. Hey, everybody. This is that moment where I get to talk directly to you about the things going on here at the Red Web Task Force headquarters, the ever-expanding and contracting and expanding again building in question mark United States. It's, it could be anywhere, Jillian. I, I just realized it's like an SCP. This building is kind of its own SCP. I want to see a whole article about it. Go ahead yeah. and write that up. I will do it right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, a lot's going on in, in the task force ethos. Uh, we just, I mean, I think we even talk about it outside of this ad read task force, but we talked about the, the baby hands plush and how excited we were that that was finally launching. 
And boom, within hours, you guys managed to sell that out. So thank you all so, so much, as always, for coming out and supporting the show in the ways that you do. It really means a whole awful lot to us. And I'm already banging on the door to our e-commerce team to see if we can uh, to figure out the logistics behind refreshing that, because I know it took a lot of time to get to us. And, uh, and so in order to refresh it, there might be some hiccups. But hey, follow us on social at RedWebPod or, you know, continue to listen. And we'll always keep you updated on the status of that. If it's going to be refreshed or if there's going to be something new, we'll always be sure to let you know. But with that said, thanks as always. And here are a couple of fantastic sponsors. This episode of Red Web is sponsored by Audible. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre that you can imagine, from bestsellers to new releases to celebrity memoirs, mysteries and thrillers, motivation, wellness, business, and so much more. You'll discover exclusive Audible originals from top celebrities, renowned experts, and exciting new voices in the audio space. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep forever from their entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. All Audible members get access to a growing selection of audiobooks, Audible originals, and podcasts that are all included with membership. You can listen to all you want, and even more than that, they're adding more every single month so you still get more out of your membership. I used Audible every time I went to the gym to motivate myself to listen to some of my favorite books because that would be the only time that I would let myself listen to them. So it was a really good way to not only listen to a fun book, I was mostly listening to like Michael Crichton novels like Jurassic Park or American Gods by Neil Gaiman. Super awesome stuff. But uh, but yeah, that way I could be healthy while listening. But let Audible help you discover new ways to laugh, be inspired, or be entertained. New members can try easily for free and for 30 days. Uh, visit audible.com slash redweb or text redweb to 500-500. Once again, that's audible.com slash redweb or text redweb to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days, audible.com slash redweb. This episode of Red Web is also sponsored by BetterHelp. Life can be overwhelming and many people are burned out without even knowing about it. Symptoms can include lack of motivation, feeling helpless or trapped. There's detachment that comes into play, fatigue, and, and so much more. We associate burnout with work, but that's not often the only cause. Any of our other roles in life can lead to us feeling burned out, and BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself, something that's very important. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing the stress in your life. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you're not interested in that sort of thing. And it's also much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Task Force members, you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash redweb. That's betterhelp.com slash redweb. And with that said, let's jump right back into the mystery. So let's talk about some of the theories behind this little phenomenon and see if we can't figure out to the best of our, you know, amateur abilities, what might be going on here. So of course, we're going to get the main theory out of the way, that this is a ghost, that this is the ghost of the former railroad worker, William McLean, who is haunting the tracks and carrying on some sort of life afterlife, that he is carrying perhaps a lantern from when he was alive, or maybe the light is his spirit. An Ohio true crime writer, Mark Hoover, pointed out that this would be rare in comparison to other ghost stories, mainly because the other ones involve unsolved homicide, whereas this one has so much fact behind yeah. it that is that is firm and proven. This one, and I'll bring up our favorite word, tangible, mm. is like so damn 
intangible, it doesn't make sense. I can taste it. We, we know the parties involved, who did it. There was mm-hmm. a confession, etc. You can go see the light. You can look at the light. You could photograph the light. It, it's like we have complete access to this whole entire mystery. Yes. So you could touch it. You could feel it. You could see it's it. It's got the three T's that we always look for. Wow. You know them. Tangible, right. thinkable, and tasteable. You can touch right. it. By going there and seeing it, you can think about it what? because you can understand it. Right, there's a story a <laughs> th- because there's a story here that makes sense and it's cohesive. And if you're willing, right. there are plenty of things to taste. You I think that kind of like goes. A Skittle. You, <laughs> why are you licking Skittles? We brought them you just with a handful. You just lick them. We there, there are snacks for the road. It's a long hike. Yeah, that's kind of like the unspoken fourth tea is is the Skittles. <laughs> and I and I don't know why we lumped him in with the T's, but there's two T's in Skittles. There are two T's in it. There For are, that reason, it it joins. <laughs> um, but yeah, the belief is that McLean returned as a ghost to seek justice because clearly, per the story and per the admission of the person who killed him, that it was an act of anger, that it was clearly an right. unwarranted act, and that it and was the- on something where the guy was either as simply as saying. Hey, I accuse you as something or, hey, I just like more work hours because times are tough. Yeah. I mean, this is literally the 30s. It it, is a bad time. This is, we're talking about after the roaring 20s was Mm -hmm. the crash of the market. Great recession. We're in the Dust Bowl, the Great Recession. Well, I mean, the recession. Yeah. It's it's the main one. Right. With any like movie, it's always like, why is there a ghost here? Why is there a haunting, et cetera? And it's because like, oh, there's a big emotional like, event that happened yeah i think it's great depression that is what jillian's giggling about because the recession was 08 oh i felt that once in a generation lifetime yeah recession was 08 the housing market crash man i'm excited for my third once in a lifetime crash you guys ready anyway oof yeah no 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 it was the great depression well i guess in a way wasn't it also like a recession oh definitely i mean a depression is just a graduated recession and that's your lesson for today's market analysis podcast about yep, movies about go. mysteries. You want to learn about the housing market? Here we are. Oh, but also, like I've lived in a house. <gasps> oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love just the lingering. Pause. All of us is oh, um, but it, it it feels like back because he wants to seek vengeance. If someone someone tell the man vengeance was 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 sought yeah right it happened done yeah he might have missed it maybe he wasn't haunting on that day right the man confessed and was uh he took the electric chair right i think this opens up to a more ethereal kind of line of thinking where one has to ask what creates a ghost and why doesn't everybody that passed away create a ghost it could be that this person wasn't ready to leave this earthly plane and so for that reason, they stayed back. And yes, justice was delivered. I hope not, because I don't want to be sticking around. Uh, could you imagine just being trapped as a... As a like in the same spot, just hoping the train comes by so you could race it for 10 seconds. Exactly. Every now and then. <laughs> but, but, I mean, that could be the genesis of a ghost here. That's, that's all they're saying. <laughs> How much would it suck if it was that easy? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You fall off a ladder. Ghost. Right. It's like, what? Like, oh man, I didn't finish un- unboxing my Pokemon cards. Right. Uh, unfinished business. And then right. they haunt forever going, Pikachu. Right. You know, it's like, like Hades uh, or something from the underworld. It's like, why am I here? It's like, oh, you got unpaid bills. Um, <laughs> so, uh, unfinished business. <laughs> I'm like, damn, what? <laughs> Coming back to the theory, building on the idea that this light is a ghost is a sister theory that this light is actually 
part of the ghost, that the ghost is there, but the light is actually the lantern of the railroad worker who fell on the tracks and was subsequently beheaded. Totally different story. Holy hell. Totally different story, to be clear. But Gurdon has a local story about a railroad worker who accidentally fell into the path of an oncoming train while on the job and was, wait for it, subsequently killed. The man's head was separated from his body and never found. And Jillian, may I just take a moment to appreciate the gentle nature with which you described a decapitation. That was not me. That was Gracie. <laughs> uh, I, th either way, it was it gracefully spoken. It is appreciated. Uh, the, the head was separated from the, the body. The head was separated from... This is a Final Destination type stuff. It feels like a comedy sketch where they're like, what happened to him, Doctor? And give it to me straight. Well, right. as you can see... The, the body is separated uh, <laughs> from the head. But this theory claims that the light with him, again, was, was the lantern rather than the body. And this comes from the idea that a lot of people that have seen this light see it swaying very much like an old-timey lantern that's hanging from, you know, yeah. from wire and that it would kind of sway back and forth. So why would it move up and down the tracks with a swaying motion? This is the best way that people have, have answered that. So with that kind of main theory out of the way, now let's talk about some of the more scientific theories, right? There we go. That's what I've been waiting for. Yeah. So let me blow your mind with this term, piezoelectric effect. Okay. Yeah. Break this down for me. What do you think? Oh, you know what? I'm not going to set you up like that. I don't want to a spiel about pie. I'm too hungry for that. So, I was already about to fire off <laughs> I, the spiel I, about the pie. I saw the twinkle in your eye. Let me... <laughs> you want to hear both, about a pie? <laughs> let me, for both of our sake, piezoelectricity is generated, okay, uh, when materials such as certain ceramics and crystals are bent or squeezed, creating electricity and sparks. For example, I don't know if you know this, but there are mints, like those icebreaker mints. Yeah. Uh, where you pop them in your mouth and they're like very minty, very fresh. Right. They have those little uh, kind of sugary feel like crystals. sparks in your mouth. Yeah. Well, if you chew them and you chew them in the dark with your mouth open, they actually spark a little bit. Um, because Why are we putting you, that in our mouth? You're fractioning, you're like you're breaking the crystals. Right. And in that moment, uh, there is a quick transfer of electrons that create a flash of light. I don't think it's, the, it might not be the same effect as this. Right. But it's essentially what's going on in right. my normal human well, here's, brain. Here's the thing. Again, mm -hmm. you are distilling this information into my sippy cup, right? Right. We're pulling and, it down, filtering it to the atomic right. level. And then applying it into a <laughs> sippy cup so I could sip on the information which you better look, believe by I the know, way i know icebreakers you know icebreakers and you know how to drink uh, a nice distilled juice and i will say just as a just as an aside you might not have seen this i'm fully talking to our merch team about making a city cup <laughs> like i really want that to happen now <laughs> like the task force squonk tears the squonk tears, squonk tears <gasps> the squonk tears cup oh yeah you can <laughs> fill it with all sorts of squonk tears and a, distilled mysteries little little just just liquid is what would a distilled liquid mystery, is knowledge what would a distilled mystery taste like to you if i were to liquefy this Confusion. very mystery yeah well okay <laughs> yeah, very, very well it's mystery flavor every yeah. time so coming back to the piezoelectric effect here piezoelectricity is similar to going to continue to blow minds out there triboluminescence which are sparks that you see between two items that are extreme oh yeah okay I, i'll be real i didn't read this ahead of time and uh makes sense essentially extreme friction through rubbing stretching or compressing can create static electricity is a similar form to this where you see electrons jumping from one medium to another and you create light but what minerals are out there making love rubbing in all up in each other making sparks well all of them all of them. Oh. 
But some have said that this effect could be due to the underground quartz crystals being under constant stress. So this area knowingly mm. has quite a bit of quartz in okay. the ground. And in my mind, it makes a lot of sense when you have heavy objects like a train coming through, right. compressing the ground consistently. It could create phenomenon that would otherwise look strange to us because these are very niche phenomena to be talking about. I mean, like yeah. ball lightning is something that people that know about it know a lot about it. And then people that have never heard of it go, what are you talking about? Right. So this is, I think, one of those items that just not a lot of people are aware of. And so they wouldn't think that it would be coming out in this way that... I don't know, like that it would be the answer to a phenom like a supernatural phenomenon. Look, it's a pretty good scientific answer. I guess I could see the government being like, that's what it is. And I go, oh, okay. You're like, oh, it's fair enough. Right. You yeah. must be smarter than I. Right. Piezoelectric. You are. <laughs> I see. <laughs> I see that uh, <clears throat> I don't see you sipping on a sippy cup. Hey, you know what? That's true. <laughs> but here's the thing. Multiple earthquakes occurred between 1811 and 1812, followed by hundreds of aftershocks going into the early 1900s. So while these are historic earthquakes that could create this phenomenon, it's the aftershocks that we're interested in. This is shortly before the murder of William McLean and before the first sighting. It's, it's kind of like right. in that time zone. So it does line up nicely a little bit here. Coincidentally, actually, it is worth mentioning that the murder of McLean occurred around the very same time as an earthquake on the Madrid Fault. Now, this is according to Klingon, who was on the Unsolved Mysteries episode that covered this very same light. And now that's basically what people are saying is like, yes, this is an effect that exists. How is it happening here? It was my theory that the train creates this compression that could create the light, but it could also be the aftershocks from these historic earthquakes that create friction and tremors that can constantly build up this piezoelectric. Pretty thing. good explanation. It sounds sounds wild, but, but also, also I'm like, like, let's let's you know, let's have some very intelligent scientists mm -hmm. buffing mind and body. Right. Get some quartz and then just start rubbing them together. Start hammering away on yeah. them. Yeah. And let's see the same light. Yeah. Right? I wonder, yeah. I, mean, I feel like you could reenact the environment that these quartz are in. Right. I mean, especially... Maybe a lot of time and money, but... Sure, sure. But uh, but if this is happening a lot here... That's what I'm saying. It feels like you would either be able to measure some sort of seismic activity concurrent right. to the light's arrival, yeah. give or take, right? If, if I had a ridiculous amount of money, right, mm -hmm. I'd buy out Task Force and then gut it. <laughs> Whoa! Like, Sorry, Christian. Gut, no, no, no. <laughs> gut, gut the offices, right? Right, right. Regut them. Re-renovate -re it. Re-renovate. So Start over from scratch. One big like warehouse, and then I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to think that I'd be able to just walk down like a lane and to the left and right, see different experiments being reenacted. Now that happens in the basement. There's a long hall with a lot of windows going to a lot of rooms. Very Stranger Things esque, mm -hmm. but this time with windows. And yes, Wind that's happening. Windows in the basement. Windows in the basement, but they're they're for looking in from the hallway, mm -hmm. observation into the rooms where the experiments happen. God, on the inside of the rooms, it's mirrors. Damn. Yeah. I'm be confused. Why did I think that you were going to gut the task force, uh -huh. make it into one big factory, and have two god-sized quartz crystals hanging from strings on either side, and you're going to have them swing to collide together? That's to good. That honestly, what if that opened a portal. Truly, what if that what if that happened? I would run okay. and then expunge any evidence of my affiliation with said place. Got it. Because I, I, I'd had 
like an insane amount of money. So denial. I would just deny the whole denial thing. Is the, it's the best medicine. Right. And then I would put in an anonymous call to the government, 1-800 government. And <laughs> I feel like there seems to be a rift to mm. another dimension mm -hmm. in this location. And then they'd be like, sir, what? And then, I, and then I'd tell the government, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, don't, don't play dumb right, with me. Right. You guys are probably creating these left and right. Anyways, Benjamin government. Yeah. Ben government. <laughs> there seems, I mean, come on. You probably make these left and right. Yeah. There's one that was created in a windowed basement. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, I mean, someone to come clean it up. Some of them do look out onto the dirt though. I kind of like that idea. Yeah. Just like, like, why is this here? That's the mystery. Yeah. Figure it out. The only wrinkle I see in this particular theory is that as with all the other examples that we've just given, it's a spark, it's a flash, it's a flicker, it's gone. It doesn't really last. So it would be very interesting to see a piezoelectric effect that lasted upwards of 10 seconds, you know? I feel like we could compare this. I feel like there, there are smarter people out there that just have time and resources that can debunk this and they're choosing not to. But that, that's the piezoelectric kind of theory. Yep. Let's move on to a very, very popular one with all ball lightning, lights in the distance sort of phenomenon and that's yeah. swamp gas now this isn't a super swampy area but just pack that information away for a second maybe i'll blow your mind right okay because we're going with a theory of swampy enough enough it just needs it just needs a puff of gas you know to create this instance so similar to theories like we talked about with the will of the wisps when we talked about three earthly mysteries is the name of that episode go check it out swamp gas is believed to be the cause of the Gurdon light by many Swamp gas occurs when decaying organic matter and methane from swamps interact with electricity and then spontaneously combust to create these light sources, which could also answer why these lights, when seen, are so temporary. Maybe upwards of 10 seconds and then suddenly they appear behind you. Maybe it's because it's the same phenomenon just happening in the area and one would, with all oh, the hindsight huge coincidence yeah like I, I, but if you come into there thinking okay this is ghost you might think it disappeared and reappeared whereas right. it's just happening all over the place and you're only seeing one spot at the time perhaps yeah that i mean that's kind of lines up too perfectly though right we're not seeing because i as far as i've never heard of a solution too perfect but like too good to be true you we, think it's like i don't know we haven't heard of multiple lights there's always been just one light that's true Right, but so, would it be a bad story if you saw two lights and you said, "Yeah, Dad, it's not a, it's not a ghost." And he's like, "It's a ghost, son. It's two ghosts." Oh, he found love. Or if it was the person that was decapitated, <gasps> the two pieces, the went, oh, <laughs> his unfinished no. business. Where's my head? So basically, it's to say that this chemical reaction is the source of these lights, or at least it's a good example of what could cause them. Dr. Charles Lemming of Henderson State University studied the light and found that it did not polarize like a mirage would. Polarization, I don't know, I'm going to go with a real, someone out there is going to be really offended by my glossing over this physics term, but essentially when you have polarized lenses in your sunglasses, it kind of kills the reflection off a body of water yeah. or off of windows when you're driving around. Mm -hmm. It's it's a way to interfere with light. I'm just going to leave it super high level like that. It redirects the light waves in a certain way. And if you have two polarized lenses, you can actually kill the light altogether. For example, if you look at an old phone and you have polarized lenses on your eyes, you won't see the screen because it's already polarized coming off the screen. And oh. when it goes through yet another set of polarized lenses that are perpendicular, it 
it negates the light altogether. Right. Like, I, way I hope that makes sense to someone. Light and different, the different spectrum. Yeah. So all okay. he's trying to do is let me see if this light is coming as polarized because that could ebb and flow the direction, the source with which this light is coming from. Oh. And this reaction, I believe, would not create a polarized light. So that's what he's he's basically saying. Like the fact that this isn't polarized may indicate that it is this reaction that we just spoke about, right, Jillian? But the only wrinkle, while, while Jillian kind of looks into that, the only wrinkle is worth mentioning is that people have reported seeing this on windy days and right, seeing the gases. light in a spot, right? If it's, you're right, if it's gases reacting to one another, they would be wafted away by the wind. Well, thing too is like, I don't know, and this is my, I have no knowledge of any scientific uh, anything, but like, it's like a perfect circle. Mm-hmm. Well, the photo was a perfect circle. The v- guy's Witnesses usually describe it as a crisp, perfect circle. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. like an orb. I mean, like, it'd be strange for gases to be that way, right? Right. You'd, you'd, you'd think that you'd see some fade to it or some haze, etc. Not just like, look at that perfect Absolutely. light ball. You might see it wave around, which could answer the lantern-esque motions. Right. But I don't know. I, I've always kind of questioned the swamp gas thing because on one hand, I love that it can answer this and answer it for so many different locations. But on the other hand, it is the wind aspect of it. I would need to be there myself. I would need to see it captured on a windy night to really prove that. Yeah. Because otherwise it could be people telling the story and kind of messing with the facts a little I mean, bit. It's, whether it's they meant in the to woods like, too. Like, I'm sure people go all throughout different seasons. And I mean... Lots of decaying matter in the woods. Leaves coming down. Right. But I just feel like you... There wouldn't be anything to really like block off high winds if high like you know high winds came down. Mm. It's true. I just yeah, like if it's gases, it would just get blown away. Or you'd see some some type of just like disfigurement that's you know, that it wouldn't be a perfect circle. Right, right. It would definitely have like a neon sign has a haze to it when you look right. real close. I think the polarization thing is saying there's something actually there. It's not an optical effect. Got you. I think. So, so basically, that is substantiating that, that swamp gas is. could be. Yeah, it's saying the light did not polarize as if it were a mirage. So a, a mirage it. would polarize. Got it. So something that's just a, a mirage being something like when you look at a hot road, or like on a, on a hot day and you see the yeah, waves and it kind of yeah. messes yeah. with the light coming through it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I'm in the uncanny valley of, of scientific knowledge. I know just enough to right. know that I don't know anything at all. <laughs> But I know enough to be like, hey, something deep in my brain remembers something about right. like polarized lenses from my engineering days. But anyway, let's move on to the next theory revolving around car headlights. Another common answer to what? ghosts both inside and outside are car headlights. Who's driving on the tree tracks? Well, let's get in there. It could be from roads nearby. It could be all sorts of things. But an article from the Arkansas Gazette of a Henderson State student, Henderson State University graduate student researching the light could debunk this theory. The student pointed out that the nearest interstate to the tracks is about four miles away and blocked entirely by a large hill. So so this is mostly discussing the wrinkle behind this theory because your inclination is kind of correct in this instance. Otherwise, it is worth mentioning because in houses, uh, people drive by with their headlights on, but they might be silent, especially with electric cars these days, and lights can refract through a house in weird ways. Yeah, so this is just debunking that theory. Kind of debunking it, a little bit. Also, just like the placement of the light, it's like literally on the ground between the 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 actual like 
bars of the railroad. Right. Like, it seems to have a physical spot that you can interact or walk around, perhaps. It's chasing a train and then darting off. Like, right. Like, you can walk around it, too. Like, if it was reflect, like, just, like, bouncing off of, I don't know. Right. It's not like, stand right here. Whatnot, and then it, it would go away. Yeah. Like, you can only see it from this angle. Yeah. That would be, yeah. So, what he did was he measured the length of time that the Gurdon light was visible for. And it did not equal the amount of time that the average car's headlight would be visible passing by on the highway. Clever kind of uh, way a, to that's tackle that. That's a very that. smart way of looking at it. So therefore, he concluded that the light from any cars passing by would have to be refracted up and over the hill to become visible on the other side, similar to the cause of the Marfa lights in Texas. Have we talked about the Marfa lights? I don't yep. think. In an episode? In natural in that uh, earthly yeah that was i was gonna say it was ringing a bell it wasn't a full episode yeah Yeah, it was it was one of the three i just didn't remember but there's so many topics we've talked about talking about but haven't posted yet so anyway Mm. however it is worth mentioning that the interstate was not open until 1970 and that the Gurdon lights were reported as far back as the 1930s and so that's another wrinkle that draws into question the origin of these lights get that theory out of here yeah I feel and, like, yeah, that's an easy... I, I feel like that's one that Task Force could debunk. Yeah. You know what I mean? We just walk around and go, I can't be uh, from a light source somewhere else. Right. You know, you, you can even get somebody with a specific color of light. You get some local authority approval, drive by with a purple light on, your, on the top of a vehicle and just see if that light shows up in some way. That's true. You yeah. know, are there any trails nearby that you can drive down? Are there, you know, and just start doing all of that and then see if anything happens in and around the trail. Or rather the uh, yeah, train tracks. Yeah, that would be an easy one to kind of like, <laughs> like a kid's version of trying to do a science experiment on it. Mm-hmm. Now, the last theory is a little bit of fun. It's kind of combining fiction with fun. what's going on here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It is the theory, much like the mystery soda machine that we covered uh, in a previous episode. That was a good episode. Yeah. That the Gurdon light could be a real life SCP. So SCP, for those who might not know, it stands for Secure, Contain, and Protect. And there are individuals, entities, locations, objects, etc. that people believe violate natural law and could pose as danger to society because of their mystic nature, their magic, their supernatural danger properties. I'm not saying, you know, like, I'm kind of saying call the army, but like, I'm not saying start like attacking this thing, but we don't know what it is. We don't know what it is. And if your lore stands true, sometime in the next century, this thing could uh, hatch. Hatch. This is, you know, maybe this is a ghost egg. Oh. Yeah. But SCP uh, these days have, has been greatly popularized and is used for a vessel of fictional writing. And I love this kind of fictional writing. Oh. It's like creepy pastas. Yeah. Essentially, just like spooky stories that people create. And they'll say SCP like 2640 is one that we're going to talk about. And it's like, and they break down what that is. One of my favorites is a staircase that goes down and down and down and never ends. And that when you try to come back up, you can't, and that there, something approaches you, and it it basically is just short horror stories, and I love it. And it centers wow. around this facility. But it did, I think, get its origin with this concept of yeah. supernatural objects and the paranormal. Oh, I bet there's a ton of like little like creepypastas tied around this. Or oh yeah, like that, right. I I would love to explore all sorts of creepypasta stories and SCP stories. Another favorite of mine also involves staircases. Oddly enough. But staircases from houses, they look like house staircases just out in the middle of national parks and that you're never supposed to acknowledge them or touch them or whatever. 
Ooh, Ooh I love this kind of stuff. I'm going off how, on a tangent. How long would it, you know, you're talking about the uh, the group the foster, like it's an ever ongoing staircase. But if you try to go up, there's a figure that like pushes you, essentially chases you back down. How long until Ooh. you, of going down that staircase, would you just give up and try and test your waters with those? I, I don't think you can give up because eventually whatever's in there gets you is kind of the idea. Oh. Yeah. Anyone that gets onto those stairs, they're lost. They're done for. Uh, the way the story is given is through the lens of a scientific researcher who is strapped with a walkie-talkie. Mm -hmm. And so you basically are reading this through, sometimes through, uh, air quotes, leaked government reports. Sometimes it's through first person. Sometimes it's through third person oh, storytelling. Like, tweak the story. Yeah. Oh, and so, so cool. it'll be like, this is what the walkie talkie said, but then it says redacted. Oh, and that's cool. It's all interesting. And so like the person's like, yeah, so far I'm down 130 flights, nothing so far. What? And then like another 200 flights, I'm starting to hear footsteps, like stuff like that. It's right. really neat. So oh, damn. But coming back to this theory, that's this kind of like the best way to kind of ground this particular theory. Because this theory is basically saying that this could be just a supernatural entity that we don't fully comprehend. Yeah. It's not to say that it's a fictional idea, but it's more using a fictional idea to convey this theory. So these lights appear to defy the laws of physics with the speed with which they move, that they dart, which makes me actually think about UFO stories a little bit. And maybe is there some sort of connection there? Um, but they've been around for a long time. Not just the Gurdon lights, but also many other lights out there. In fact, I, I want to talk about a specific SCP known as SCP-2640 because it has a lot of similar properties, fiction or otherwise, to a, and it's, and it's actually a decommissioned railroad, this particular SCP. And it is, in fact, based on lights. So very, very briefly, if you want to look it up, you can read all about it. It's very cool. But it's a low risk they they grade these SCPs on risk, like dangerous, oh, imminent what a danger. Weird, that, what a, like weird, but really awesome grading it's very, system. It's a very immersive. So but this one's low risk. I, I will say that kind of like steers the SCPs into more of a like a, a horror mm -hmm. danger genre. Yeah, they try to blur reality with the fantastic, and it mm. creates a really immersive storytelling experience. So this particular SCP is a low risk, but it's surrounded by a three meter tall electrified fence for the for the sake of containment due to its unpredictability. 2640-1, um, kind of a sub-entity of the main entity, is a strange bluish light that can appear at the boundaries of 2640. And it disappears after it has reached the furthest ends of the area. Again, it's low risk. So all it has is a similar nature to this very story that we're talking about. And so, you know, to kind of suspend our disbelief a little bit. Some believe that perhaps there's more truth to this SCP than maybe we realize. Maybe that this SCP was based on a real event such yeah. as this, the Gurdon Light. I mean, there also could be like different lights surrounding the was it Gurdon Lights that we just don't see because it's just not on our spectrum. That's Is that Yeah, possible? I mean, there, there it's a rare condition, but some people can actually see like ultraviolet, for yeah. example. So I yeah, that that'd be interesting if you had a wider So cameras bring out bring out like suitcase full of different lenses. Yeah, give me a lens <laughs> that can extend beyond the visible pattern, like into yeah. the infrared and into the ultraviolet. Right. Create the pull those into the visible spectrum. Test all that. And then see what happens. That'd be very interesting. They just see figures around it. Oh my God. Oh. Oh my God. I don't like that. Could you imagine like it looks like a clear cut like person? Oh my God. Holding. Only when you put oh. the, oh my God. It's like 13 Blah. ghosts. Yeah. 
But ultimately, those are the theories, some a little bit more fantastic than the others. But either way, you know, whether you're a believer, that's what I love about this podcast, whether you believe or you're a skeptic or you're somewhere in between, like I think you and I yeah. are, this was just a really fun one to explore and, and kind of suspend disbelief a little bit because there's no question that the Gurdon light exists. It's been well documented. Right. It's been photographed. In fact, we, we referenced Unsolved Mysteries. Freaking out right now. Yeah, the camera crew to the show Unsolved Mysteries while doing this their episode on this. Took it and saw it. like, cool, there it is. Yeah. What the? Uh, many tourists see it, which is why I want to take like the six-hour drive it would take, maybe five hours, to kick it, go up there, and see what we see. Task Force, does that interest you? I mean, we've noodled around the idea of it wouldn't replace this show. So if you're, you're a podcast purist, right. this ain't going anywhere. Right, right, but right, right. as an extension of the task force footprint, the Red Web footprint, we've explored the idea of doing a show that mm -hmm. takes us on the road. And right. Trevor goes on the road. I right. And then Fredo in. goes <laughs> off the road, out of the RV. <laughs> you're just, dude, you're an iPhone on a Segway or something. Yep. That would be so Wow. There good. it is. <laughs> That'd Ding. be so good. Anyways, my dinner is done. That's pretty cool, dude. <laughs> You're eating a hot pocket, and I'm just going, oh, what was, who's there? Oh, God. But at the end of the day, despite the light being factual, it's there. You can, you can check it out. The cause of it is still very much unknown and, and draws so many intriguing questions, draws so much attention from the supernatural community that want to investigate it. It's, uh, it's so interesting, but that is the Gurdon light. I don't, I don't like it. You don't like it? I don't, I don't like it in the sense that we're it's all just low like, risk. Right. Low yeah, risk. Until it's not. Even then, if it was just like, look, this thing is just, it's supernatural, but it's low risk. So don't worry. I'm like, okay, then there must there right be something that's on the other end of the spectrum, but that is high risk. Ooh, yeah. Maybe it's like a low risk entity, like the mouth of Sauron. It, it shows up and says like, hey, I'm just here. I'm going to, you know, right. kind of I'm be a blip on the stuff. radar. I'm a deleted scene, but on the <laughs> yeah. other side of me is bad. Is the big bad. Big, you know what I mean? Bad. Like I'll usher you to your demise. Yeah, I think that's why it's in that category. It's not no risk. Yeah. I didn't say the category name Euclid. I didn't want to get into the whole... Oh, yeah, what a Euclid is and yeah. all that stuff, yeah. But it's like, it's low risk and contained because maybe... Right. Be, it's like low risk but, question but like mark? It's like it's contained on its own accord. Mm -hmm. Right? Not like we set up a facility right. to There's contain no fence. it. No. This, this is, I think it's still an active railroad. I mean... It's out there. Right. On its own. I mean, volition, I guess it's, like, it's good to know that, like, if you drive over it with a train and won't get pissed off, yeah. it must have been driven over at some point in time over the hundreds what if, of years. What if it's the spirit of a kindly puppy chasing trains, Aww. running after butterflies, getting distracted by a cemetery? Aww. Sweet little thing. Just, you know, continuing to be man's best friend. That's so cute. So contain the hell out of it. <laughs> it's well trained. You never know. Yeah, you know, it, it, could, rabies. it could go Cujo. <laughs> it could. Anyway, this has been the Gurdon Light. Very fascinating. Great example, in fact, of, uh, like, as, I, the, as I keep referring to, as a light phenomenon. That, that we just trust random stuff. Well, sure. That too. <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me. How are we not? What? I feel, like, I feel like you're begging to go see this thing. I'm begging for someone to like contain this thing. Uh, okay. Well, tell we'll me get, it's we'll, just quartz popping. We're going to get you out there. I'm going to give you a jar with a holes poked in the lid. You can capture this like a firefly. I okay? bet it won't want to be captured like a firefly. We'll get you, I'm going to get you the biggest jar. Make it nice and easy. <laughs> I'm just like hugging it, yeah. trying to lug it over. Come on in. Put some food, some bait at the bottom. Anyway, this has been the Gurdon Lights. Fredo, I'll see you back here next Monday 
for another creepy, spooky mystery that I'm going to get you to get tangible on. Give me, a, the, make sure the next mystery is the most untangible thing we've ever talked about. You like tangible. To, uh, be, not anymore. Offset <laughs> it for me. Okay. All right. Maybe. All right.